Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So we've been encouraging you to fix the fight. If you have stepped out of the fight, we want you to get back in. We want you to find your fight song uh, so that you have something that confuses the enemy. We've talked to you about the fact that you have a cut man when you're hurt. Your pain doesn't have to form you, right? Are y'all still with me? We're still in this thing, right? And then last week we talked about the fact that we are a body of left-handed warriors. We have learned to fight Southpaw. We, we're just a little bit awkward. We're just a little bit different. Some of y'all are convinced we're a lot different. That's okay. God made us that way on purpose so that we could win unexpected, unlikely victories that would drop the jaw of not only those around us but of our enemy. He thought he had us, and out of nowhere we rallied back and left-handed. A little bit awkward, a little bit different. We won the victory. Anybody left-handed in the house today? I know some of you really left-handed, but I'm talking spiritually left-handed. Darren raises left hand. He's left-handed. He's kind of weird like that. So, uh, so uh, we, he, he uses people like us so that other people will be willing to get into the fight because God can use you. Come on now. Some of y'all acting like y'all have always been like this. If God can use you. He can use anybody, amen? I, I know that even if you don't have any interest in boxing or MMA, that you are aware that the bell, when the bell rings, did that hurt? That hurt up here. I don't know if it hurt out there. When the bell rings, the round ends, right? Uh, trainers teach their fighters to continue fighting until they hear the bell sound. That's why sometimes it seems like there's a late punch landed, a late blow, uh, blow thrown because they're, they're, they're taught. You keep fighting until you hear the bell. Uh, so, so this morning, I, I want to do something different, though. I don't want to focus on the fact that the bell ends the round. What I want to draw your attention to is that there is another bell. And I'm going to try to keep it away from the microphone so it doesn't kill you. There's another bell that happens. Like, there's the bell that ends the round, but there's also a bell that starts the next round. Right? There, there, there's another bell that, costs, that calls you to come out of the corner and get back involved in the fight. Uh, and I just need to tell you, it's tempting. Can I just be honest with you? It's tempting. It's tempting not to answer the bell. Especially if you've been in a season of winning where it seems like you have the upper hand on your opponent. Now that I've got the upper hand, I've got him, uh, I've got him dealt with, I, I, I might refuse to answer the bell because I think I have the victory in hand. Or I've exerted a lot of energy to get here, a lot of effort to get here. And so now I just want to take it easy. Or, and even if, Maybe you're in a season where you haven't been winning. What your season is, is your season has been, uh, is filled with being defeated. You feel like you've been beat up. You feel like you've been blasted. You've been, you feel like you've been caught off guard. You feel like the enemy's worked overtime on you. And so now the tendency is to, to, to in, in, in almost in a, in a state of exhaustion or perhaps complacency, or maybe we would call it apathy. Whatever, whatever the scenario, now, because of that season, you feel like 
I need to take some time off. I need to just sit in the corner, and when the bell rings to indicate that there's another round to go, we literally lose the fight simply by not showing up. We don't report for duty, right? So, so, so I want you to hear me very clearly today. I'm going to try to read this like I wrote it down because I want, I want to see if I can articulate this because I haven't done a very good job with some people that have asked me, and I'll explain here in a second. I, I want you to understand what I sense in my spirit is happening. Any of y'all feel like something different's been happening the last four or five weeks here at Passion? Okay, if you don't, then I'm sorry, you're late, you've, you've missed the party, you don't understand. Maybe your sensor's broke. Um, I, I don't know, but I just sense in my spirit that something is happening. So I've, I've been saying it like this. Corporately, we are this close. Now, uh, I was challenged on Sunday. I, I, we have staff meetings on Sunday, and in our staff meeting, Madeline asked me, our children's pastor, she said, what do you mean? And I took the next few minutes to try to articulate it, and I don't think I did a very good job. I'm probably not going to do a good job this morning. So let me just tell you what I told her. I said, we're this close. We're on the brink. I believe that we're, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking prophetically over us right now. I think I'm trying to communicate what is going on in the spirit realm so that we can understand and that we can get plugged in. I am convinced that we are on the brink, on, on the threshold of one of the greatest days, the biggest victories, the mightiest move of God that we've ever seen. I am convinced of that. I need to inform you that that's not true for everybody. That's not true for every everybody. Uh, I, I read a stat recently that said out of COVID, 20% of the churches in America will never reopen. Uh, that may not mean anything to you until you realize that 60,000 churches will not reopen. I can't say what I just said about us, about everybody. I can't even say that about some of the churches that will continue to meet after COVID. That even, just because they're in the building doesn't mean that they're on the threshold of the greatest move of God that they've ever experienced. I, I just can't say that about everybody, but I can say that about us. I sense that this is, is our day. We are close to a major win. I sense it. I declare it. I believe it. I'm convinced of it. Something has shifted. Something has happened. Something has occurred in the spiritual realm. I don't know what's going on. I just know something's going on. Now, now, there's a danger here because I'm also, I also believe that we have been in this moment before. At various seasons, at various moments in the history of our church, for those of you that don't know, we're 14 years old, at various moments in our church history, which isn't very long, we're still a, we're, we're a teenager, I guess, 14 years old. Uh, God help us, we're teenagers. Uh, uh, at 14 years old, I can say that we've been at this place before. We've been in this moment before. And for some reason, either due to the exertion of the effort that was required to get here, or maybe, uh, maybe just maybe we took it for granted. When God began to move like we sense him moving right now, maybe we took it for granted and, and thought victory was inevitable, and at this moment we failed to answer the bell, and therefore we lost the moment. And I am begging you, as your pastor, as your friend, as somebody that is walking in this journey with you, I am begging you to answer the bell. The round is not over. 
the previous season is over, but there's a new bell sounding. There's a new round to be fought. There's a continuation of the battle that must be carried on. There's a fight. So I'm, I'm begging you, don't grow weary. Don't let down. Get out of the corner and keep fighting for this thing. So another way to say this is I, was, I told you last week as I was riding home on the plane, I, I was just minding my own business. Y'all don't know about me in planes. I don't like planes. I, I, I don't enjoy planes. My mode of operation is I put earphones in and I put the most mellow. I don't listen to Striper on the plane. I don't listen to DeGarmo. Some of y'all don't have a clue. I don't listen to Petra. I'm not listening to Servant. Any of my old rock, Christian rock groups that I listen to, I don't listen. I find the most mellow, chill out music I can find because I don't like planes. And I want to sleep. So I miss all the stuff. Especially, by the way, when I got on the plane last week, the, the pilot came, literally, leaving Oklahoma City, the pilot came on the intercom and said, you are not going to enjoy this flight. Thanks a lot. He was right. It was horrible. And on the flight, <laughs> so on the flight, I'm minding my own business, checked out, listening to my mellow music, and I hear the Holy Spirit tell me another way to say that, say this, that I, this thing that I'm trying to convince you to answer the bell. He said to me that we must continue to take a posture of press, where we refuse to let anything get in our way or obstruct our victory. Then as I continued to, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, posture press. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to go back to listen to my mellow music. And as I did, I was reminded of three accounts in the scripture. If I had three Sundays, I would take all three of these accounts, use one Sunday on each, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to lump them all together, which I don't normally do. So if you will allow me, I'm just going to go straight to the point on each one and expect you to be mature enough to join me and me not have to unpack everything. Okay, there's an Old Testament account. Two New, Testaments, two New Testament accounts, that, and you say, well, why are you even pointing these accounts out? Because I think what they do is in these accounts, they reveal to us the things that we must press through to get to victory. You say, well, we're winning right now. I get it. Having great services right now. I get it. People are getting saved. I get it. People are getting healed. I, I get it. But, but for, in order for us to get to everything that God's got for us, these are the things that we are going to have to press through. We must take a posture of prayer. We must answer the bell. Here we go. Genesis chapter 32, beginning in verse 32 through 34. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. He won. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. First account, Jacob was all alone, wrestling, contending, fighting, all alone. Nobody to assist him. No one to come alongside him. He was all by himself fighting, wrestling this man. 
quotes, air quotes, man. It wasn't really a man. It was, it was, a, it was, it was a manifestation of God's presence. He's wrestling him, right? He, he refused to let go. He literally pressed the man that he was wrestling until this man realized that Jacob's determination was so strong and he was so unwilling to let go that finally this man dislocates Jacob's hip. Anybody in the room ever had anything dislocated? Okay, you understand then. I want you to notice that he dislocates his hip as he's wrestling. He doesn't stop wrestling. It's as he's wrestling. He continues to fight. He continues to contend. He continues to press even though his hip is dislocated. This man says, let me go. Ding, 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 round over. Jacob didn't hear ding, 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 round over, even though he's got a dislocated hip. He hears ding, ding, ding. It's time to fight harder, right? So, 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 so he presses until he gets a blessing. In other words, Jacob wrestled through his pain. He presses in spite of his pain. There are quite a few in this room right now that feel like there's nobody that can help you. There's nobody to assist you. There are many of you in this room that are going through incredible seasons of pain. You're going through incredible seasons of heartache. You're going through seasons of sickness. You're going through seasons of brokenness. You're going through a season of depression. You're going through a season of, of less than. And in this moment, it seems like there's nobody to, to rally around you. But I just wanted to stop by this morning to ask you to answer the bell. I just came to challenge you this morning to push past past your own broken heart, push past your own broken and crushed spirit, push past your anguish, push past your disease. In other words, press past your pain. So, so don't let pain stop you. See, when we start experiencing seasons like this, what I've discovered is that the enemy goes on the offensive. Don't you dare believe that when we start having a season like this, that the enemy is just going to go, well, they won. No, what we've discovered even this week is, is more distraction comes, more discouragement comes, more attacks come. He's trying to pile onto us to create enough pain in our life that it will cause us to quit pressing for what is ours. We must push and press past our pain. I need to tell you something this morning. If your enemy is, is, is resisting you this hard, if you're experiencing pain at this level, if all your little life has been blessed and now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the enemy seems to be piling on you, picking on you, singling you out, working overtime on you. If he's working on you this hard, then what I want to declare to you this morning and encourage you with is then that there, there must be something pretty incredible on the other side. Why would he be fighting you like he's fighting you? Why would he be pressing against you like he's pressing against you? Why would he be resisting you the way he's resisting you? Why would everything that was working out now goes haywire? Why would everything that seemed to be perfect seem to be broken now? Why? Why? Because he recognizes that if he can pile on enough pain, you'll quit pressing. Press past your 
pain. You, if you will come out and fight, you may limp into your next season. But even if you limp into your next season, you will be able to enjoy your next season. Just because something marks you doesn't mean that it has to stop you. So those of you in the room that are, are experiencing great pain right now, multiple trials right now, heartache right now, the brokenness right now, answer the bell. Come out and fight for what your story number two, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34, and a woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Here's a woman that has tried everything to get healed. The account says that she had been to many doctors and yet she couldn't find an answer. This sickness had cost her everything. It cost her her dignity. Everywhere she go, everywhere she went, she had to declare, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. She, it cost her intimacy with her husband. It cost her time with her children. This was a devastating disease that was going on in her life. It cost her acceptance. She was a social reject and an outcast. She, she teaches us in this moment. Hear me this morning. Maybe, you're not, maybe your life's not filled with pain. You need to hear what I'm getting ready to say. She teaches us that we must push past what is possible and what is permitted. Everyone thought her healing was impossible. You do realize that she had been sick for over a decade. Some of y'all been dealing with some stuff for over a decade. They were convinced it was always going to be just like this. Are y'all here this morning? Are you hearing me? I, I'm trying to get into your, your living room right now. Some of y'all have had discussions recently that it's always going to be like it's always been. You've had people tell you, you've had doctors tell you, lawyers tell you, spouses tell you, friends tell you, family members tell you that it's always going to be like it is today. You will always struggle with this issue. You will always be in chains to this addiction. You will always have this attitude. You will always have this outlook. You will always be bitter. You will always be damaged goods. You will always be broken. You will always be somebody that nobody else can love. And what this woman teaches us is that we must come to the place in our own spirit where we press through and past what is possible. 
What made her impossible possible was one simple fact. She pressed past the possible and got to the guy that specializes in bringing about the impossible. Simply by pressing. Not only that, it was not permitted for her to press through a crowd because everybody she touched, bumped into, got jostled into, was instantly unclean. It was not permitted for her to touch Jesus because it made him unclean. But she teaches us that not only do we have to press past the possible, we also have to press past the permitted. You, you, you can't worship as passionately as you're worshiping right now. That's not permitted here. You can't be as loud as you're being in here right now because that just bothers us. You can't shout at the volume level that you're shouting at right now because that's not permitted here. All right? So, 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 so you can't weep like you're weeping. You can't come to the altar in the middle of the pastor's message. That's not permitted. You can't admit that you have that kind of issue. Don't you know that you have been in the church, you were, you've been here for 10 years, and everybody thinks you've got it all together. There's no way that we will permit you to admit that you've got an issue you can't handle. That's not permitted here. It's not permitted for you to tell us that you're dealing with a mental issue. It's not permitted that you tell us that you've got marriage issues. It's not permitted that you tell us that you're struggling financially. It's not permitted. And what I am saying to you is that we must come to this place where we press past the permitted and we make up our mind to press past what's possible, press past what's permissible to get to Jesus. I want you to notice that the disciples are absolutely dumbfounded because Jesus has the audacity to ask, who touched me? They literally turn around and say, Jesus, wake up and smell the coffee. I need to write a translation of the Bible sometime. It would, it would read just like this. What is wrong with you, Jesus? Look around you, Jesus. There are people everywhere. Everybody's touching you. I, I just, I need to tell you that while you're here, it means that while you're in, these envi in this environment, in this season that we're in, there will be other people pressing to Jesus, touching Jesus. And lo and behold, nothing changes in their life. But if you would press into Jesus and touch him to the point that he notices See, this message isn't for everybody. There are some folks that used to be a part that aren't here anymore because they were just touching Jesus haphazardly. I'm not asking you to stick around if you just want to touch Jesus haphazardly. I just occasionally bump into him. I just, I just have a touch every once in a while. No, I'm asking you on purpose, intentionally, to press in and touch Jesus. Whatever you got to do to get a hold of Jesus, however you've got to worship, however you've got to pray, however you've got to dance, however you've got to shout, however you've got to get on your face, whoever you've got to press out, push out of your life to get to him, I'm asking you to press into Jesus to the point that Jesus notices and responds. I think Jesus has been showing up a passion over the last four weeks going, I'm just minding my own business, just doing what Messiahs do. And I keep feeling stuff. Somebody just grab me. I don't understand. Somebody just got to, 
I, I, I was just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I'm supposed to be interceding. I'm supposed to be praying for them. I'm supposed to be lifting up their needs. And all of a sudden, I feel tugs and pulls, and somebody's trying to get my attention. I keep hearing stuff, and they keep pulling on me, and I don't understand. That's what I'm talking about. We, got, we can't stop now. We may change series. Come on, don't attach this to a series. This is not about a series. This is not about a sermon graphic. It's not even about the sermon. God is doing something in the spiritual realm. It's because we've been coming together, pulling on him until he notices. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 through 13. When Jesus went to Bethany to a home of Simon, a man that Jesus had healed of leprosy, a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask filled with expensive, fragrant oil. She came right to Jesus in a lavish gesture of devotion. She, she poured out the costly oil, and it cascaded over his head as he was at the table. That wasn't permitted. When his disciples saw this, they were offended. I'm going to read that statement again. When the disciples saw this, they were offended. What a total waste, they grumbled. We could have sold it for a great deal of money and given it to the poor. Jesus knew their thoughts. By the way, he knows our thoughts. And he said to them, why are you critical of this woman? She has done a beautiful act of kindness. You will always have someone poor whom you can help, but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body for burial. I promise you that when this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will also be mentioned in memory of her. Do you recognize what's happening here? Jesus is just literally a couple of days away from being crucified. This woman breaks into the room, was not permitted, breaks into the room, takes a flask of costly oil. How much did it cost? Oh, about one year of your salary. That's what it, equi it was equivalent to, one year of your salary. Doesn't matter. It's all relative. Maybe you make $10,000 a year. Make your, maybe you're here and you make $200,000 a year, but it cost a year of your salary. She broke it and she poured it over his head. And I want you to notice what happens. The disciples are offended. The believers are offended. Those that are supposed to be intimate and the closest to Jesus are offended. And they try to stop her. Someone I sat next to week after week at Passion was offended. People in my circle are offended. They simply didn't like the cost of her worship. They didn't like the volume of her worship. They didn't like the fragrance of her worship. They didn't like the desperation of her press. They didn't like the way she approached. This woman answered the bell and she taught this lesson to us and we got to get this lesson. This could be the one that derails us from really pressing into everything that God has for us in this season. Can I tell you that she teaches us that we must press past the petty. I need to tell you that in order to press in, you're going to have to press past and through the petty. There, were, there are going to be people in your life that tr try to tell you in this season that it doesn't take all of this. There are going to be people that are dealing with you on a daily basis, maybe in your own home, that are going to look at you and say, you don't really have to worship that hard. 
You, you don't really need to come to church expecting God for all that. You don't need to press in like you're pressing. You need to just calm it down, buddy. You just need to quiet it down, sister. You, you, there, there, there are going to be people that, that are going to look at you and say, it doesn't take all that dancing. It doesn't take all that shouting. It doesn't take, it, it just, just, just try to, we need you to worship God dignified. There, there are going to be people in your life that will try to silence you and stifle you, and I just need to tell you something. They're petty, and they're bound. There, there will be things, there are going to be some things that happen here. You wait till we get the Hope Center. Y'all just wait. There are going to be some things, there are going to be some things that happen here that are going to offend you. There are going to be some things that, 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 that go on. These are not like cleaned up drug addicts. These are, <laughs> they're messy. Some of y'all have just forgotten your mess, grown comfortable with your mess. Now when you see their mess, you're going to be offended. There are probably going to be some things that happen here that are going to offend you. Why? I, when, I, when I wrote this down, I hated to even admit it. But I got to admit it. Even at Passion, this place I love so much, and you that I love so much, we're family. But the truth is, and I don't want to admit this, we're petty. At times we're petty. Like it's too loud. Like, like it's too dark in here. They didn't sing my song. They sang it too many times. They didn't sing it enough times. The pastor preached too hard. The pastor didn't preach hard enough. The pastor said stuff I don't like. They sat in my chair. Don't they know that that's my chair? I sit there every week. They didn't call on me. They didn't check on me. I mean, I posted on Facebook every day for six days just so everybody would notice that I was sick. And I was going through a hard time. But they didn't check on me. Oh, I didn't check on anybody else either. But don't worry about that. They didn't check on me. They didn't say hi to me when I came in the lobby. They didn't say hi to me when I came into the sanctuary. Can I tell you what all that stuff is? Petty. That's high school. No, it's not. That's middle school junk. And I'm just trying to tell you this morning that we are going to have to come to the conclusion that we didn't come here to press into you. I came here, and I need you to make up your mind that you came here to press into him. To him. To him, and I came to anoint him so that he can anoint me. And I'm sorry, but unless you can anoint me, I didn't come in here to anoint you. I came to anoint him so that he can in turn anoint me so that I can then go out and be an influence and help people with their issues and their problems. And I have to be willing to get over the petty stuff or you, listen, I got news for you. I got really bad 
bad news for you this morning. You can miss what God is trying to do here. You can miss this season. The enemy will do his dead level best to get you to forfeit this season simply because you get caught up in stuff that doesn't matter, that's petty, that you ought to be more mature enough to be mature enough to handle without even thinking about it, without posting about it, without ranting about it, without crying about it, without it keeping you out of the house of God because somebody hurt you. We got to come to this conclusion that I will press past the fear of what others will think and say. And I will press into him. I'm asking you. I'm, I'm begging you. Answer the bell. I, I almost want to say it like this, and I'm scared to, but I, I guess I'm going to have to. I'm afraid if we miss this one. We may not get another chance. I'm afraid if we miss this one. You say, well, why? Because God will find somebody that is available and that is willing and that is ready. And we've been begging for this for 14 years. And I'm begging you, answer the bell. Paul said this, he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. We're talking about Paul who's achieved a lot. He said, I don't think, mean, mean to say I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Listen to what he says. He says, but I press on, why? I press on to possess. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So in other words, Paul's saying when I'm pressed, I press back. I have to answer the bell. Listen, he's saying you've got to answer the bell to get what Jesus possessed for you. You don't get all that is coming to you if you refuse to press. We've got to press into worship. The day is over if you come in here watching these guys worship. You've got to press into worship. In fact, you ought to hurt our worship team because you pull on them so bad. They're like, man, they wore us out. I don't even know if we can do a second service because we're so worn out from them pulling on us, pressing on us, trying to get a fight. Press. Pressing to the word. I ought to have to take my preaching to a whole new level because you walk in here so hungry that you force me. To go deeper. I, I, I think we press by, we've got to press into prayer. You can't just walk in here and just as a bystander. Press into prayer. Press into his presence. I think we press by waiting. You don't get it by settling. And I need you to hear me prophetically. Our next will be determined by our press. I'm going to say that one more time. Our next will be determined by our press. We cannot stop on the threshold again. We cannot stop too soon. I, but, but, but here's why I'm encouraged. I think maybe finally after 14 years of hoping and waiting and praying and asking and begging and imploring that maybe we just got some folks at Passion, people in the building, people watching online that have made up their mind that they will press. I think that maybe we have some folks that will answer the bell. I think maybe we got some folks who will say, I won't stop now. I think I got some folks that say, I'm not about ready to quit now. I, I, I think I've got some folks that are saying, we've come a long way, but 
we haven't come far enough. We, I think we got some folks that said we've won a few battles, but we haven't won the war yet, so we're ready to keep fighting. I think, think maybe we've seen, we've got some folks that said we've seen God, but we haven't seen all of God. We haven't gotten all of God, and we won't quit expecting, and we're not about to stop believing, and we're not going to quit participating, and we're not going to stop worshiping, and we're not going to stop preparing for the greatest move of God that we've ever seen. I'm not about to set out this round. The Bible says, knock and the door shall be open. I'm expecting God to open doors. God will open doors. But there are times that we have to knock. So we answer the bell. Knock, knock. We keep fighting. Knock, knock. We, we, we keep praying. Knock, knock. I come in here to worship like I've never worshipped before. Knock, knock. I keep believing that God is going to break us through to the next level. Knock, knock. I keep thinking that I know I've been dealing with this issue for 15 years, but I just know this is my Sunday to get free. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Knock, Until I knock everything out of the way. Every wall down. Every obstruction must fall and cease. In the name of Jesus, here's why. Almost is our enemy. Almost free. Almost into revival. Almost delivered. Almost changed. Almost in a breakthrough. Almost to get everything that God Almost, 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 almost. I am tired of almost. So we press. We fight. We fight. We press. We press. We press. We press. We get out of the corner and we start swinging. You fought for a long time, we fight some more. We, we believe for a long time, we believe some more. We prayed for a long time, we prayed some more. We worshiped a long time, we worshiped some more. We held on for a long time, we hold on longer. Get in the posture of press. We must press beyond the possible. I got to come to this place where I'll pass, press past my pain, what's permitted. I'll get over the pity, and I'll answer the bell, and I will possess simply because I learned to press. So my question this morning is this. Do I have any pushy folks? Do I have anybody in the room that's pushing, that's willing to push past all the other stuff? Well, I don't feel like worshiping press. I hurt when I worship press. I was hurt all week long. Press. I've been bound all week long. Press. I, I, I'm still fighting the same addiction that's been going on in my press. My family's not changing. Press. My kids are still acting the fool. Press. Father, this morning, we don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. We can't afford to miss it. God, 
God help us if we miss it.
See, I got to tell you this morning, I got to tell you, moms and dads, I got to tell you what's on my heart. I, I'm, I don't want my kids to hear about how good the services were when I was a teenager and never encounter God for themselves. I don't want my kids to settle at what was my ceiling. I, I, I want the, my ceiling to become their floor. And I am convinced of this, that our, our young people, our children, will settle at the level where we settle. And unless they see us pressed, they will get stuck. Unless they see us free, they will stay bound. They will stay in the same level of bondage that we've grown comfortable with unless we press past it. So I'm asking you, for the sake of your children and for the sake of your grandchildren, would you just take a few more moments and would you press? Would you press? Would you press? Would you press? I press. I press. I press. I press. I press. I refuse to let go. I refuse to move on. I refuse to not believe. I refuse not to worship. I refuse not to step in and stand in the gap. I press. I gotta press into you, Jesus. Father, I'm asking you. We hear the sound of a bell ringing. It's not the end of the round. It's the start of a new round. It's the championship rounds. The rounds that nobody else ever gets to. Late in the fight, when we've already exerted all this effort and all this strength and all of our energy and all of our faith, but we hear a bell sound and we're not going to stay in the corner. We refuse to stay in the corner. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. 
And so we, corporately and individually, we get into a posture of press. I don't even know how to do this. Would you, whatever that means to you, maybe you need to grab the chair in front of you and just push on it. Maybe if you're on your face before God, you just press on the floor. Maybe you need to turn to a neighbor and just don't knock them down, but maybe you just need to press on them a little bit. Just push on them a little bit. Come on, would you just get into a posture of push this morning? Father, we push, we push. About the time we were supposed to quit, about the time that we were exhausted, about the time that we prayed every prayer we knew to pray, about the time we called on everybody we knew to call on to ask for help, the time that we thought we just believed as far as we could believe, about the time that we thought we'd seen all that we can see, about the time we thought that it would never get any better than it's already been, about the time we never thought we'd see breakthrough, about the time we never saw we thought we'd see deliverance. We press, 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 we go to war, we go to war, we fight. We fight. Well, let me help you. Some of you in the room right now are going, it doesn't take all that. It doesn't take all that. Maybe not for you. Maybe it doesn't take all that for you. But let me tell you, I know some folks in this room that are fighting some stuff that would cause your knees to buckle. That would cause you to question your faith. I know some folks in this room that are believing for some big stuff. Some impossible stuff. I know some folks in this room that have been resisted and have been fought and have been obstructed for, for longer than you even thought imaginable. They've been praying, they've been believing, they've been fasting, they've been doing everything they know to do, and yet they still haven't seen their breakthrough. So I'm asking you, don't be petty. Don't be petty and, and place on them what it takes you to get through. I'm asking you to give them permission, get out of their way. Get, Keep your opinions to yourself and allow them, them to do whatever is required for them to do to get free in their life and to see their kids free and their grandchildren free. Let them press through and touch Jesus. We just want you, Jesus. that know nothing about our church 
walk in, they can't help but bump into Jesus and their life be changed. God, we've got to have a greater level of anointing here because we are going to have people walking in that are open about what they're dealing with. They haven't learned to hide it. What they're dealing with has devastated them so badly that they can no longer hide it. And I'm asking you to bring us to a new level of anointing and authority so that when they walk into this room, chains fall off. Drug addiction will break. Alcoholism will be broken in their life in one moment. I'm asking for mental issues to, to be resolved in one touch. I'm asking for broken families to be restored through one encounter in this building as we worship together corporately. I pray that they would come into a room with people who are so desperate for Jesus that even if they don't have the faith to believe anymore, they can't help themselves. We clear the way. We clear the way. We clear the way for them so they can get to it. Don't let us miss it. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 